We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, what is going on? Welcome to DFS Pick 6. Roto World, Roto Grinders joining forces and also I'm joining force with two of the absolute best in the business. First, we got Rich Rebar, Lord Reeves. What's going on, buddy? That wasn't a bad segue, a little intro there. That was, that was all right. But here we are, man. Week 7, you know, fresh off the heels of losing another great player again. Possibly the best player in his position again. It seems like every week we might lose the best fantasy player in his position at this point. And if you want to look defensively, losing guys like J.J. Watt and Eric Berry so far too, who might be the best players in their position. It's been a rough, you know, continuous strand here of the serious injuries in the NFL. So hopefully we come out scotch-free this week in week seven. Hey, if we lose to Julio Jones, I'm going to stop losing money by roster. Oh, my league. <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us, uh, fresh off, just he's, he's an all-star. We all know that. He's ESPN famous now, like the Silva bump. <laughs> Now, no, 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 no. I can't stop it. It's true. What's up, Evan Silva? How you doing, man? What's up, Aaron Crane? Uh, do, do, doing pretty well. Uh, had a solid week in uh, DFS. A lot, a lot of Larry Fitz, you know. Uh, nice. Every, every week's a Larry Fitz week. Every, every week's week. a Larry Fitz week. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, man. Well. Yeah, well, glad to hear it. So, we're kind of going from a week last week that was, um, I don't know, it had some juicy stuff. And now we're kind of approaching a week this week where you look at the slate and it just goes – you go woof. I mean, this is this is ugly, and I think very clearly, Reeves. There's one premier game on the slate, as far as I'm concerned. We're going to start up with that game. It's the Saints at the Packers, a 47 and a half total. Saints are five and a half point favorites, and of course, I mean, there are a number of ways we can go here. Drew Brees, yeah, he's on the road, but Green Bay can't stop anybody through the air. On the other side, we got Brett Hundley. He's super cheap. New Orleans, not a great pass defense. They're not as bad as everybody thought they were, but. Reeves, talk to me about this game because I think there are so many different ways we can go in this game that I want to hear what you have to say about it. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I guess it depends on how you feel like the game is going to play out, at least when you're looking at the Saints side. You know, given how the Saints have played their last three games, they've dominated game script. I mean, after the first two games where they trailed by two or more scores for a third of their snaps, I mean, they have uh, basically been they've been ninth in NFL and run rate those past three games. They've led by two or more possessions on half their snaps in the league over that span. And it's really kind of capped Drew Brees' output. He hasn't thrown for 300 yards in three straight games. Uh, the Only the fourth time he's done that as a Saint. So, I mean, if, if we feel like Brett Hundley hurts the Packers' chances to make this a game or, or the Saints really control this game, it could be interesting because Drew Brees – Drew Brees had six – the Saints had 16 possessions in that game last Sunday. And Drew Brees was – not even in the top 20 of quarterbacks. If you'd have told I went, I tried so hard to wedge Drew Brees in my cash lineup size. If you would have told me that I was gonna get 16 Drew Brees possessions and I wasn't even gonna get a top 20 production, man. Oh my goodness, I'd have lit even more money on fire. Um, <laughs> but I mean you been there, you, buddy. I have been there. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, we had the perfect like storm for that Adrian Peterson trade and the pricing for both Saints guys last week. Uh, because we talked about the possessions. So I say it's 16 possessions. Those guys, Kamara and Ingram, they combined for 44 touches and 237 yards of scrimmage. So both those guys we talked about, you know, being kind of free squares and Ingram with the two touchdowns. I mean, he was an absolute hammer. Uh, you know, if you, if you played him, it was, it was easy street, you know, basically from there on out, no matter what, if you hit Drew Brees or not. Uh, so, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this game plays out. We'll, we'll hash out some more of the matchups as it goes as this goes back and forth between us. But if you think the Saints are going to control this game, it's it's not a great spot considering how they played for the passing game, you know, the past three weeks. Yeah, and Evan, like Rich said, like if you played Mark Ingram last week, you were just sitting so, so pretty. And I could not believe some of the ownerships that's on him. I mean, he was 20-something percent over on DK in the tournaments. FanDuel, though, did you see this? It was unbelievable. I've never, was much I, lower. 7% in tournaments in the melee over there. I was I was just floored by it. So I guess my question for you, Evan, is is this the new Saints offense? Like they just have this, you know, this two-headed backfield. Both can go off. They're going to get a lot of touches. Is this what we can expect now from the Saints moving forward? Uh, I would not go so far as to say that this is the new offense, but I definitely would go so far as to say that they have a very, very good running game. Uh, right now they are uh, number this that, that Adrian Peterson trade just worked out well for both sides and that's really how trade should go theoretically I mean it should not be one side getting ripped off and one side you know winning each trade you know whether it be in you know fantasy football trades or in in real life like both teams should benefit from a trade like that and both teams did benefit immediately from that trade we saw Mark Ingram jump to 66 percent of the snaps 30 touches. I don't even think he'll get 30 touches maybe the rest of the season, but I think that he will be in that 20 touch per game range. Nothing really to fear about the Packers from a run defense standpoint. They're 18th in run defense DVOA. Uh, I mean, Mark Ingram, I think is, is again, a great play. I think that uh, what, what is notable here is that the, the Saints are now number two in adjusted line yards at football outsiders. They got Teron Armstead back. He is one of the most athletic left tackles in the league, maybe the most athletic left tackle in the, in football. I mean, this dude ran like a four six forty uh, at the combine. I remember he just he's an absolute monster. That's the same and, uh, speed I run, for what it's worth. Right, and uh, I mean they had they had a great offensive line last year as well. They were top eight in adjusted line yards. Now now they're number two. Uh, so. 
look, they they still have a very explosive passing game, and I think that that's going to come into play at times. But I think that going to Green Bay and trying to run the ball on the Packers makes a lot of sense for them. And I think that on the other side, the Packers are going to try to run the ball more too. They have a pretty good running game. Saints don't have a great run defense, allowing 4.3 yards per carry to opposing RBs. That's bottom 10 in the league. Uh, and then, you know, now they're dealing with the loss of Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, I don't think that this is going to be a shootout necessarily, uh, but I do think that both teams can have offensive success. What I really wanted to hear was Rich Rebar's take on Brett Hundley as a player because our – sample on him is super limited at the NFL level. I mean, we are limited to college production. That's a kind way to say it. College production and preseason production. I'm just throwing out what happened last week. I mean, I don't even think that that's worth discussion. And really, I thought that as the, you know, when I watched the game, he got better, like the the more that he was in there, which is what you would want to see really. Uh, so, but what do you think, Reeves? And quarterback evaluation is very tough. The NFL isn't even good at it. Um, but what do you think about Brett Hundley as a player? When Hundley came out, you know, I went and found my my quarterback article I wrote in that draft class when I was still because I was still doing a lot of dynasty coverage, and yep. I my objective model really loved Hundley, and he was I, I had like a low first round grade on him for my for my model, and he ended up going way later. He was I was really shocked. I remember during the draft that he went so far because it was it was Winston Mariota and he was the third quarterback taken but it was like a huge gap mm-hmm. and you know I had him kind of like a, objectively he kind of comped to like a mix of like Cam Newton and Andrew Luck like uh, was a really good athlete age age adjusted production was all there I mean he was a 21 year old senior was really young um, but I mean like I was going back to the article though and I was reading like the some of the the, the faults for Brett Hundley and there was a, a writer East right for the Lions his name was Darren Page he's kind of like faded into the ether but he used to chart all these quarterbacks and where Hundley was bad was vertically and like to the boundaries and last week that kind of showed up again he was just two of six on throws 15 yards or further downfield and to the boundaries he was 15 to 28 like not too great but I mean like Evan said I don't want to put a lot of stock in it because you're thrown in the fire on the road against the Mike Zimmer defense uh, no matter what the Saints have been playing better on defense, but I mean, this is, you know, still not a defense that's on the level of the Minnesota Vikings. The other thing that Hundley was really bad at in college, though, is, is he's got a little, uh, you know, he's not quite Deshaun Kaiser-esque, but he's a little slow on his reads and pressure really affects him. I mean, he was just 5 of 14 under pressure in that game. Saints are a team that likes to bring a lot of heavy pressure and a lot of pressure packages, so it will be interesting to see, you know, how he develops that, but at home, a full week to prepare. They've still got a lot of really Really good offensive personnel here and like you said I think I'm more like I'm not really in a rush to stream him but I mean we're talking like DFS pricing and where he's at on both sites I have no problem you know using him in like situations where you're stacking this game and trying to um, you know you know hit hit on pricing there I would even consider maybe possibly not stacking him with any of his own players and just using mm-hmm. him for the value play you know a little naked Hundley for us uh, because when you look at the Packers receivers none of these guys were living off of, you know, high yardage floors. All these dudes were living off of touchdown production. Jordy Nelson, 40% of his fantasy points have come from touchdowns this year. Uh, 33% Devontae Adams. The only 100-yard receiving game any of the Packers guy have came from Geronimo Mileson. He's their (laughs) only 100-yard game of the season. I mean, none of these guys living on yardage. So I think that uh, no matter what, the touchdown upside is compromised. I mean, it, it just is. Uh, these guys aren't going to score at the rate that they were finding the paint. So, I mean, 
it's tough. If you want to look at like the matchups, I think that the individual matchup aligns to say where Hunley's good at, good at over the middle of the field and intermediate and where the Saints are worst at defending slot receivers, it would kind of lead you to Randall Cobb. But Cobb has just been a declining asset throughout every week of the season. His target share has gone down every week. His yardage has gone down every week. He's a really tough, like, blind faith, like, trust just because of matchup and it with a backup quarterback, even though it would kind of lead us to believe that, like, he should be the benefactor here. But what do you think about that? I think that anytime I've played Randall Cobb, it's been a leave of faith. I mean, I, I wanted to like Randall Cobb so many, so many times. And then every time I'm like, oh, God, just please, mm-hmm. just please somehow catch 12 balls. But like you said, I mean, Hunley struggles with pressure. He's going to be dumping it a lot. Marty Bennett's been invisible this year. No, I have no problem with, with Cobb here. And, Evan, I'm going to go as far as to say that I bet you – we're talking about this on Wednesday, of course. I bet you by Sunday morning, Brett Hunley is the chalk. Uh, so on FanDuel, he has a $500 price differential from Tyrod Taylor. And look, I, you know, I kind of want to play Brett Hundley because he's like the new toy. But <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I have these crazy biases, you know, as, as everyone else does, you know, but I think that Tyrod Taylor is a significantly better play than, uh, than Brett Hundley. With that said, I'm going to have some Brett Hundley. I think the play uh, in the receiver core is Jordy Nelson. Um, we talked about the Reeves talked about the slot. Jordy plays in the slot a bunch. He was thirty-two uh, percent in the slot last week. Uh, and if you look at uh, when uh, when Hunley came in, who was he targeting? He was targeting Devonte Adams a lot. I mean, Devonte Adams led the team in targets when he came in and had the most fantasy points. Uh, but Devonte Adams plays on the outside, where he's going to run into a lot of Marshawn Lattimore and, and Ken Crawley. Uh, two of the most underrated, you know, one of the most underrated uh, outs- perimeter CB duos in, in football. And um, people are going to be chasing those points, I think. You know, I don't think that Devontae Adams can be, like, high-owned, but I think that in stacks, you know, people will be chasing that. But Jordy Nelson had nine targets from Hunley, which is only one fewer than Devontae Adams. He had more catches, more yards than Devontae Adams, and he's going to get more slot routes. So if you're going to try to stack Brett Hundley, and I definitely lean with Reeves that uh, the way to probably – the best way to probably play Brett Hundley is to play him naked. Uh, I think if you are going to stack him with someone, it, it would be with Jordy. But I think what you're looking for is rushing production, maybe a rushing touchdown, uh, you know, and pretty much anything that you get as a passer is kind of gravy. I, the, the dude ran for 30 rushing touchdowns in three years at UCLA – in, uh, in the NFL preseasons, he's played in three preseasons. Uh, he, he has a 10 to two touchdown inter- interception ratio as a passer and two rushing scores. You, you really want the rushing TD. Yeah, and it definitely might be there. Speaking of rushing TDs, Green Bay, we mentioned earlier. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, look at Reeves. He's over there with the cheat code. The Konami code. You want it, man. You want it. <laughs> Well, we were talking about kind of like the rushing game and Green Bay. We look at Aaron Jones, Ty Montgomery. Reeves, how do we break down this this Packers running game right now? Because I'm really struggling to do it. Yeah, and the split was way in the favor of Aaron Jones. But, I mean, when you look at what the Saints are, uh, they're allowing the most receptions per game to wide receivers. It would seem to benefit Ty Montgomery, and they – probably benefit as an offense you know to get Ty Montgomery reworked into the passing game here he had an almost touchdown which probably in 90 percent of 
all football played across the world would have been a touchdown. You know, if you would have tried to say that wasn't a touchdown when we were playing pickup football, man, like the game would have ended. We all would have fought. <laughs> it would have been over. But, I mean, it, it, you got to get the, the snaps just haven't been there yet, you know, with it, I mean, him just coming back. It looked like they were going to use him that first drive, but then it was just kind of all Aaron Jones. Just way Aaron Jones ran 27 pass routes to 10 for Ty Montgomery in that game last week. It could have just been, you know, one week where they're just getting him back. Um, but it's, it's hard. It's like, a, it's a leap of faith to play either of the Packers backs, man. It's, it really is. But I mean, it benefits, the game should benefit Ty Montgomery more given where the Saints are vulnerable at to running backs. And on New, the New Orleans side, I mean, I know we'd spend a lot of time talking about Brett Hundley, but I'm looking at Drew Brees as, I mean, he's just a lock for what, 23, 24 DK points this week, Evan? I mean, between this Packers team, they can't cover anybody in the secondary. Like, Brees to Michael Thomas, it's going to be awfully hard to talk me off of that stack. Uh, I think Reeves would, would disagree with, with what you just said. And uh, I, I think that uh, – I mean, I, I'm going to have some Brees for sure, you know, for sure, with Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas has led the team in targets every single game that they played so far. Um but uh, th this team is definitely more balanced, and I think that they're going to continue to try to be more balanced than they have in past years this particular week. What, what say you, Reeves? I love Michael Thomas, though. I, I, like, yeah. I like Michael Thomas a lot more than Breeze. Michael strike. Thomas is – I think pricing on both sites is Michael Thomas is basically my lead receiver probably as, like, just regular cash. I'll probably have the most exposure to uh, you know, I mean, last week was the first time he ever had fewer than eight PPR points in his career so far. You know, we talked about uh, Darius Slay, maybe in a little negative light, and Darius Slay won that one last week. So, it, you know, hey, we, we pick it up. And it was a game where they were just extremely run heavy, too. Like I said, they dominated. They just dominated. Uh, you know, they were up. It was 45 to 10 at one point in that game. I know the final score ended up getting like crazy there as things kind of got off the rails with defensive linemen touchdowns and, you know, uh, you know, other turnovers, but uh, I would go I'm, right back. I'm, to I'm not giving Darius Slay the W there. I mean, he was, he, right, was only on him for, he was only on him for four of six targets. And uh, when Drew Brees throws for 180, you, you know, no, no one's really going to. Yeah. yeah. But that's been a running trend. I mean, like I said, that they've dominated, you know, uh, you know, favorable snap and favorable game script the past three games. And Drew Brees has been kind of capped because of it. I don't want this to be our new Drew Brees. No, that's no fun. This can't bring Sean Payton. If you're out there watching, and I know you're, you're a regular listener of this show. So if you're out there watching, listening, whatever, get, get, let's get back to some old school. Drew. I caught a pass from Drew Brees in the off season. Like, come on, Drew, we're buddies now. Okay. Start airing it out i would really appreciate that all right uh let's go to the next game it's a couple teams that don't necessarily air it out a ton it's dallas at san fran a 46 point total dallas six point favorites you know i know we were kind of talking about love michael thomas this week brett hunley's in play but in this game i'm looking at well i guess we'll find out with ezekiel elliott what's i don't he's i don't playing. know what to, is he is he officially playing is that for you've been sure playing too much basketball man crane you've been playing well, i know i knew that there was an injunction i knew yada 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 but okay so zeke he's, he's playing he's this weekend out. next okay and then he's gone he's playing the rest of the Maybe. season Probably. Yeah, I, 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 there have been so many freaking twists and turns with this <laughs> thing. I'm just not believing anything. It's, if it changed tomorrow, it wouldn't shock me. So whatever. <laughs> All right. Anyways, talk to me about Zeke, Reeves, since you guys just bashed me like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Zeke is in a, a pretty prime spot here, even though the game's on the road. I mean, he's facing a team that's facing the most running back touches per game. We kind of talked about that a little bit last week. 
Uh, the 49ers have allowed, at, you know, seven top 24 backs. That's tied for the most in the league. Uh, he's he's actually, you know, a lot of people look at Zeke's season there and, like, maybe kind of think it's kind of lackluster so far. But, I mean, he's gone over 130 yards from scrimmage in each of the last two games. He went over 140 yards in, in week one. He's only been under 96 yards from scrimmage in one game so far. He's it, He hasn't been lighting up in the, the oak of last year, but the volume has still been there and the production still been there. Um, he's priced way under just the gap from him to Le'Veon is, is pretty high. I mean, they're really making it, they're really making you say, if you want to play Le'Veon, like, so be it. Like, uh, you know, if you want to pay this 10 grand, which is, which is kind of tough to stomach. So you want to keep forcing him in there. Like we did last year, we're at the point where it was like last year with him and David Johnson. It's like, well, just do it and then work, yeah. work, work from there. Yeah. Figure uh, out the risk. <laughs> exactly. But when you, but when you're starting to get gaps, big, big gaps from these guys now, you know, and Zeke's, you know, like a thousand dollars cheaper, and what that can do for you, you know, in your roster. And he still has such an uber, uber safe floor and probably a lot of upside this week against the 49ers team. Like you said, that struggle against running backs the entire season. Uh, you know, I would say that he's probably one of the, the safest plays on the board this week. And this is a game, I mean, I wish this game was hidden in like a better slate of games. I think that this <laughs> game is, because I think that this game is highlighted because of the slate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it was a game that probably would fly under the radar in, like, normal circumstances. I think it's a game that, like, when the 49ers played the Colts a couple weeks ago, it's a real good shot to go over that 47 and set it right now. Yeah. Um, you know, especially the 49ers, a big game. I mean, they've hung around with teams, you know, and, and, and kept – and made teams, you know, push the ball the envelope on offense, which has helped us out because they suck on defense. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, keeping, like, you know, just – it looked like Kirk Cousins was going to just probably take pump the brakes last week, but the 49ers kept it a game and it, it kept going. You know, Kirk Cousins was the QB one uh, in fantasy last week. And that's what you're going to get from the 49ers now. And then, and the Cowboys can't stop anyone. Both these teams, the Cowboys are 27th in red zone possessions allowed and the 49ers are 32nd. So there's scoring potential in this game. I just, like I said, I wish it was a little more hidden, uh, you know, but the slate's so bad. It kind of illuminates it a little bit. Yeah, as you're saying, and Evan, what I'm—I mean, we were talking about Zeke with uh, Dallas here. San Fran—they also don't have any good cornerbacks. So, like to me, it's Zeke, and it's and or Dez. But one, at least one of these guys on Dallas is going to go off. Dez is going off. Dez, all right, Dez, Dez, that's Dez, it. Yeah. That's it. That's all I needed. Dez is the dude. Uh, so, we're going to have a little bit of like a philosophy, or Ooh, okay, you know, a. Um, like talking about things that we don't really know about. Okay. So teams coming off the bye. Okay. Okay. So, you know, I've been doing fantasy for like 10 years at this point. And for like the first six years of my fantasy football career, I always just assumed that teams coming off the bye, that was a positive thing. Okay. Okay. But you know, as I've started to like become like much more like monetarily invested in all this stuff and, you know, playing DFS and sports betting and, you know, talking to guys like Warren Sharp and even talking to like ex NFL players like Ross Tucker, uh, you know, and like I've noticed that there is like teams that are coming off the bye don't necessarily meet expectations or I mean I almost would have like expected them to exceed expectations you know during the first six years of my you know fantasy football my career as a fantasy football analyst but that is not the case and uh last week let's look at last week Falcons get they lose at home as two touchdown favorites coming off the bye Broncos lose at home I mean I I still can't 
(laughs) Who is right? (laughs) So, you know, the Redskins as two score favorites, you know, barely eke out that win. Saints had a great offensive performance, almost blew the game. But, I mean, they obviously had the best performance among the teams coming off the bye. So, Reeves, have you ever looked into teams coming off the bye? And would this concern you for Dak? Because, look, I'm, I mean, I'm, I think I'm going to go, like, maybe 100% on, on Dez this week. And I'm going to be heavy on Dak and plenty of Zeke and, you know, maybe even mixing some Witten. Probably not. But, uh, <laughs> you know – have you ever looked into this or considered it? I mean, I've talked to Ross about it, and Ross is like – I mean, Ross played for a bunch of different teams. Played for the Browns, the Patriots, uh, the Redskins, the Bills. You know, he was like – you know, sometimes it was a good thing and sometimes it was a bad thing. You know, we would get out of our routine, go visit our families. You know, we're creatures of habit. And when we would get out of our routine, sometimes, it, you know, we would, we would not show up, you know, the, the next week. And we just saw the friggin' Broncos. They didn't show up at all. Yeah. They didn't show up in that game. And the Falcons, I don't know what the heck happened with them either. You know I mean? They, well, their, their, their performance is actually just much more explainable because they got their butts kicked. I mean, they, they lost the time of possession battle by like 11 minutes. Jay Ajayi just, the, the Dolphins offense, like their running game, imposed their will against the Falcons. But you wouldn't expect that to really happen in Atlanta. So, Reeves, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I remember watching that game with my buddy here that I watched the games with. And when the Dolphins came out that nine-minute drive to start the second half, yeah. I was like, this isn't good, man. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because, <laughs> you yeah. know, I had a ton of Julio last week. And mm-hmm. I just was like, I was like, this ain't no good, man. Like, this, this ain't good. But, uh, you know, I haven't really spent a lot of time with it. But, I mean, anecdotally, I would say when you think about how teams perform to start the season, it would make sense, you know, coming off of, you know, not really in rhythm. And, you know, we had a very slow first two weeks of the season. And uh, I know when I have a vacation, I tend to not play, come back to work strong. You know, when, I, when I'm off, you know, it takes me a little bit back, get, get back. In wait, wait, wait. They give you guys vacations over there? Reeves doesn't take vacation. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> this is, well, this is the, I mean, listen, man, I had a, I had a nine to five with this, you know, for, you know, the last 15 years. So. <laughs> That's no joke. All man. right. All right. So he did take vacation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, but I haven't spent a lot of time with it. I know Hayden, yeah, you know, I got to work for real, real bit, spent some time with it though. And, and showed that, you know, passing games tend to, you know, fluctuate and, and underperform in these situations. Like I said, it's, it's really hard when you look at just the individual matchup and not, like being love here. I mean, we've talked about it a couple of mm-hmm. times on the show. Like I think Dak is the best fantasy cash game quarterback there is. Mm-hmm. I mean, his floor is the, his floor is the best fantasy floor now. I mean, now that Rodgers is out. It was like that only, last year too. He was the only comparable guy was Aaron Rodgers. And now he's off the shelf. I mean, cause Dak will never get up to that high because he doesn't really drop 35 point games, but he's always getting you like 17 to 20, like every week, like he's worth it uh, to pay for. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm going to own a lot of Dak Prescott. It's me hard to push me up. I, 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 I hope I'm not, not wrong for it, but I just haven't spent a lot of, I haven't spent a lot of time with it, uh, looking at it. It's, it's something I'll stick a pin in though. And definitely yeah. we'll go in and try to pull some data on, you know, and we're talking about, we love this game as a whole. We like the Dallas side. We like Zeke. We like Dak. We like Des. So I guess my question, Evan, for you is on the San Fran side, like, mm-hmm. I don't like clicking any of these buttons, but I'm probably going to click some of these buttons. Talk to me about the 49ers. Oh, yeah. oh, dude. Hey, you can click a lot of buttons here. Oh, no. 
oh, you're just trying to click my buttons now. Just yeah. that's, that's scary. <laughs> no, man. Uh, Bethard. Let's start with Bethard. All right. Uh, I kind of think he's a low-key baller a little bit. I mean, I think he's underrated uh, as a, an athlete. Uh, in the preseason, he had six rushes for 85 yards and a touchdown. He had a long touchdown run. Yeah. Last week, he had a 14-yard scramble. Pretty good scrambler at Iowa. Just played in an offense that was just not not suitable to have, like, great, you know, prolific stats. If you go back and read that, uh, that article that Peter King wrote uh, after the NFL draft, which, uh, you know, got kind of torn to shreds because it was – uh, so so much, you know. Some people had so many takeaways from uh, about Joe Williams, and he, of course, is now on injured reserve. Uh, but there was a big section in there about C.J. Beathard and how Kyle Shanahan looked at all these quarterbacks, didn't really like any of them, but he really liked C.J. Beathard. And uh, they went. I don't know if they. I don't think they traded up for C.J. Beathard, but. They, they did make a bunch of trade-ups. They made a tr- bunch of trades in that draft. Uh, and C.J. Beathard was a, the quarterback that they came away from, came away with. And they've been pretty quick to insert him. I mean, the 49ers have a bad record, but they're not a bad team. They, I think their, their point differential is, is very, very small. I mean, they've been in a ton of close games. They just lost them uh, for a variety of reasons. And C.J. Beathard facing the Cowboys, they get smashed by quarterbacks. And then you add in, you know, C.J. Beathard adds some, adds some, uh, some upside with his Konami code. And if you look at his targets and how he spread them around, spread them around after he came off the, the bench last week, he knew where to go with the ball. He was throwing the ball to the right guys. He targeted uh, Pierre Garçon eight times. He targeted uh, Carlos Hyde and uh, uh, George Kittle six times. And Cowboys, they haven't been as vulnerable to tight ends so far this year, but they really haven't faced any good, t- great tight ends. So uh, I think George Kittle, again, you know, this is not a Do you have a George Kittle jersey or do you just have a closet of, of George Kittle jerseys? I like good fantasy plays, Crane. <laughs> and and, and George, George Kittle is a good fantasy play again, you know. Uh, so – uh, and then um, and I think Garcon is still – he's, you know, he's not trustworthy. But, I mean, no one's going to play him. And then, um, and then I think Carlos Hyde can really smash. The Cowboys are 32nd in run defense DVOA. The 49ers are at home. You know, this we, – we, we, we assign this game to the show because there are good fantasy plays on both sides. And – the, I would not sleep on these 49ers at, by any means. And because you wanted to talk about George Kittle. I, because I want to talk about good fantasy players. <laughs> okay? Oh, I know. I just, <laughs> I, just, I just love your lunch for George Kittle. Reeves, uh, where are you looking at with the San Fran side? Is it, is it a Kittle's and Bits week for you? Yeah, I don't mind the, uh, you know, the Beathard, the Hawkeye connection, you know, the old college yeah. battery, uh, you know, you know, they, 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 them dudes, they drafted, drafted together, you know, Kirk uh, Ferentz is going up to the Kittle, game, getting pumped. Kirk Ferentz, they didn't, I mean, he didn't let uh, George Kittle run any routes at Iowa, but he was out there blocking dudes. I think he had like 18 <laughs> catches last, last year at Iowa. But I mean, yeah, Kittle's a good athlete, like we talked about last week. He had another horrendous drop, though, in that game, drive driving me crazy but I mean you look at I mean, I'm looking at Carlos Hyde man his pricing on both sites still kind of priced down by the you know fear of what happened but he played 
he played the highest percent of snaps he's played since week two, um, coming off a week where everyone was kind of like doom and gloom. You know, is, is Matt Breida going to take over for Carlos Hyde? Uh, he didn't really light it up, you know, rushing-wise, but he had the two touchdowns. He now leads the NFL in rushing attempts, you know, from inside the 10-yard line. So the touchdown upside has been there. Uh, and you look at the Cowboys, man, I mean, they're expecting it. Sean Levick. They've just been gashed. I mean, you look at three of their past four games, they've allowed the highest-scoring running back week to C.J. Anderson. Then they came back and allowed the second-highest-scoring running back week to Todd Gurley. Then they came and allowed the fourth highest score running back to Aaron Jones in his first ever career start. Um, you know, sandwiched in between a game in there was the only team they shut down was Arizona with, with Chris Johnson, you know, and like that, that's the only team that they stopped. And then the Giants week one. So, I mean, they've just been getting mauled on the ground. Uh, you know, I, I look at Carlos Hyde's pricing on both sites. I think he's really reasonably to fit in in any type of structure that you want to play. I think he's got a good floor. I think he's got high upside and he fits, he checks all the boxes for what you want, man. He's catching passes this year. Um, The workload has still been there outside of one game. I mean, the performance has been there. He's been top 20 back every week, but that one. Um, And, and, um, and the goal line touches are there. So, I mean, why not? I mean, you look at the matchup and everything else being at home. And then if Evans, you know, right, you get this game that where the Cowboys are lackluster coming out of a bye and they already are lackluster to begin with on, Defensively, I mean, it's it's a spot where he can really crush his pricing where he's at. Crane, I I hope your ears were perking up on all that analysis, buddy. I'm I'm excited about Carlos Hyde. You you are you're you're the real high volume player here. Uh, This dude checks every box. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was. I was just I was just scanning the target. He had six targets in the passing, and that's one of the nice things about Hyde too. He's seen like 12% of his team's total targets this year. I mean, six, he had six targets last week, 13 carries last week, and plus this game, it should be a little bit – well, keep away Cowboys. I don't know if it'll be higher pace, but at the same time, like, I don't care. It's still a guy at home he's playing. Yeah, I like the spot. I like the Beth- spot. Bethard was looking for him in the passing game, dude. Is he when, well, I haven't watched any film yet. Has the, was those targets come in after Bethard was in? Yes, all, all of right. them did. Six of six, Crane. Oh, all six of them? Yes. All right, let's party then. Let's party, CJ. CJ, Hyde, George Kittle stack, and then we just get everybody. We get everybody with that. All right, why not? All right, let's talk about a game that we is not on the main slate, but we wish it was. It's Atlanta at New England, total of 56. New England is on Fandle. All right, it's on Fandle. All right, see, I I play more DK, even though tonight I'm sweating <laughs> on Fandle tonight. I ain't going to lie. But I <laughs> DK, but like, okay, so – Rich, let's talk about this game because New England, uh, I mean, God, the Jets put up over 20 points. Like, I mean, this defense, like I kind of expected them to get fixed and it just doesn't seem to be happening. Yeah, I mean, here here we are with the ultimate slump buster. We've got a slumping quarterback in Matt Ryan. He hasn't been higher than the QB 15 since week one. He's already thrown six interceptions. Uh, he threw seven all of last year. But the ultimate slump buster, the guy, the team that awoke uh, Cam Newton from his, you know, deep hibernation, uh, a team that just allowed 354 passing yards to Josh McCown and the vaunted aerial attack of the New York Jets. Uh, they've allowed a six 300-yard passers uh, on the season in six games. That is, they, they, they were the first team to allow five straight 300 passers ever in this, any, at any point in the season. Now that they went back and just did it a sixth time. So, I mean, this is a spot where you have to just really, you know, think that this is a spot where Matt Ryan really gets it going. And there's still reasons to like Matt Ryan. A lot of his peripheral stats are 
good. His per possession numbers are amongst the best in the NFL outside of just touchdown production. He's actually second to Tom Brady in passing yards per drive uh, on the season. So, I mean, obviously a lot of people are going to be on this game and, and are going to play Matt Ryan because every quarterback has torched you know, the Patriots at this point. But, I mean, it's a spot to really like him. Now, as that pertains to the rest of the passing game, I don't think – I know a lot of people are really thinking this is the week for Julio, all the buzz from, you know, Dan Quinn. Um, but, man, it still is going down in New England. They're giving up a glut in the passing yards, but they faced a lot of true, like, really good receivers. And those dudes have not hung up, like, points on them. I mean, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, and Kelvin Benjamin – all turned in wide receiver two, wide receiver lines. The It was the tight ends, the wide receiver twos, and the running backs who are really crushing the Patriots out of the backfield uh, that have been putting up all those passing yards, those passing points. So, I mean, I'm not as much in on Julio Jones as I think a lot of people are this week just because of the, the Patriots' stigma because they're still doing the old Patriot way, man, of just taking lead, lead options. You could extend that out to Christian McCaffrey and Travis Kelsey as well. The, team, yep. the guys that they focused on and have shut down, that's still happening, um, but they're giving up all this production elsewhere. I mean, I don't want to, you know, just eat up all the clock here, but, I mean, we'll get to it. I mean, I'm, I'm all about some Tevin Coleman on DraftKings this week. All right, so talk to me about this Atlanta offense, Evan. Are, we, are you off Julio, too? Because I've just – I'm, I'm just, not off him. I'm off him. I'm done with Julio. He, <laughs> he's on the list. He's, uh, he's wearing the stink hat. I want, not, I want nothing to do with Julio, man. I'm just – I'm sick of the guy. You're playing Sanu, right? I mean, that's how you win a million dollars. Well, yeah, I'm playing Sanu, my man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I wish that Julio's price had not gone up. Like, you know, he gets like, what, four catches for 72 and his price goes up? Like, you know, I don't I, – I don't, I don't think I'm going to be trying to jam him in this week, you know, at on FanDuel at 8,800. Um, I really like Reeb's idea of Tevin Coleman. I think that if you flash back to last year and, you know, that's kind of idealistic, but uh, if you flash back to last year, I think that what Kyle Shanahan would have done is he would have ran Tevin Coleman right at these bum Patriots linebackers and Tevin Coleman would have gotten 14 touches for like 140 and two TDs, you know. Um, I miss those days. The, the Patriots defense is terrible. And it's going to stay terrible. It's not going to get better. It actually was not good last year. However, in the second half of the season, they faced a bunch of bum quarterbacks that didn't score any points against them. It's a legit bad defense and is not going to get better. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, it is not going to get better. And we're going to keep attacking it every single week. And yes, this is the week to be on Matt Ryan. And um, I really want to like Julio, but I don't know why his price went up and Reeves makes some really good points. So it, it, it's hard for, I mean, I, I almost want to just play Matt Ryan naked uh, and play Tevin Coleman. Uh, Tevin Coleman also has crazy road splits uh, over the past couple of seasons. Um, I want to like Taylor Gabriel, but I think Sanu is going to play. Yeah. So Hooper too, man. He kills Hooper too. Right. Right. So I'm not – no, we can't play Sanu coming off a of hand. Stop, <laughs> stop it. So I think that the, the plays here on the Patriots side, I want to talk about Deion Lewis a little bit. All right. Uh, Mike Gillsley's a bum. He's a bum. <laughs> and uh, he's, he, he's scoreless in, uh, what, four straight. Uh, he has zero targets on the season. Um, they need to get rid of him. He, he, doesn't, fit, he doesn't fit their offense – 
Uh, and especially in the state that their team is in because they're a shootout team now. They have to win shootouts. They can't be running uh, two-down grinder plotters, uh, you know, onto the field. And, I mean, it's not LeGarrette Blunt. It's, it's not even close to LeGarrette Blunt. They're not building 21-point leads and giving their, you know, their, their grinder uh, 12 carries in the fourth quarter. That, that is not happening this year. It's not going to happen against anyone. They get smashed by the Jets, you know. So – Mike Gillisley, he should be inactive on game days unless he's uh, covering kicks. When when Rex Burkhead comes back, Mike Gillisley should be inactive unless he's covering kicks. Uh, Deion Lewis, however, is very interesting. Uh, he His usage has risen on a weekly basis. Last week, he played more snaps than any RB in the Patriots' backfield, uh, 43%, which is a lot for a Patriots running back. Uh, he had 11 touches. He scored two touchdowns inside the 10 over the last three games. Mike Gillsley has zero. Uh, so I, I wanted to get Reeb's take on uh, Deion Lewis. Now he's, he's much more of a DK play and uh, this is not on the main slate for DK, but I still want to hear what Reeb's has to say. Yeah. I basically wrote all that up, you know, in a shorter span in the worksheet, uh, you know, about Deion Lewis's rise of snapshot. He's basically taking Gillisley's spot, you know, cause he's still, Deion Lewis really isn't, he's not catching passes. You know, he's not getting, he's not being used till as a satellite pack. He's basically just taking Gillisley's spot uh, at this point. That's basically what's happening. There was a span last year too, where before he got hurt again, that he was taking like Eric Blunt's like lead spot for a little bit. You remember that Denver game, he had all those carries and got goal line carries. And I was like, well, what's happening? And there was a, there was a kind of a, a two or three week gap there where like Deion Lewis was like getting feature back touches you know or in that role um, in the offense. I mean yeah I think he's a he's a really like nice like sneaky play here uh, in the in this spot you know especially because not really anyone's going to be on him. I, I picked him up in a couple season long leagues that he was still floating around in. I was able to grab him. Just hopefully something happens. I like the I mean it's hard to dislike really anyone on the Patriots outside of Gillisley. Uh, everyone's kind of in like a really, really, really good spot. I mean, Amendola's in a great spot. Uh, you know, when you think about it, he was a huge factor in the Super Bowl last year. Now he's playing Edelman's spot, and he's got the most favorable matchup. Because, you know, Desmond Trufant didn't play in the Super Bowl game. Gronk didn't play in that game. Uh, those guys are going to be active. You know, I it's think another it really sets, week. I yeah, think. I mean, Gronk, Gronk has just been awesome since since he's been back. outside of week one. He's been incredible. You just keep always a Gronk him. week. Yeah, it's it's it pretty much. I mean, if you want to pay for it and you can you can afford it. I mean, there's no and you probably can this week because there's not a lot of great wide receiver plays. I think at the top. I think you got does Michael Thomas. Um, always you can always play Antonio Brown. But I mean, it's there's not like nothing great, you know, um, that really allures me in that top shelf wide receivers. You can pay for Gronk. The problem is, is like this is like the first like really good tight end week we've had in a while outside of the top. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of mid tier tight ends that really have great matchups this week, uh, mm -hmm. where we just haven't had that the past few weeks, where we've been trying to jam guys in like Hunter Henry and Austin Hooper and Austin Sperry Jenkins every week because that's just what's been there. But now we've got Delaney Walker on the board, Jimmy Graham's on the board. All these guys have great plays. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I think it's it's business as usual. You know, with the Patriots, you, you kind of just mix and match you, those guys all all around. I did like Taylor Gabriel too a little bit until you know Sanu kind of popped back up. I'll I was really disappointed when I saw that. But I like Deion Lewis. I love the Deion Crane Lewis was call. probably excited, though. I, I was. I mean, that's just, hey, that just means I don't have to keep chasing Taylor Gabriel. That's another guy who I roster every week, and I don't have to worry about it now. Hey, but he I'm, was a good play last week. He had eight targets. Yeah. I mean, that's that's all you can ask out of him. You know, it's just Matt Ryan. He's kind of – he's real overrated, you know. Aaron Rodgers should have been the MVP last year, by the way. 
It should not have been Matt Ryan. Maybe give him OPOI, Offensive Player of the Year, but he was not the MVP last year. It was it was Aaron Rodgers with that. He dragged a terrible defense. Uh, I mean, he, he he's he's more valuable than than Matt Ryan. I don't even think it's even close. All right. Uh, anything else we need to touch on in this game, or can we head over to bounce backs? All right, we're heading over to bounce backs. That's how I, that's how I know the answer. It's just like Evan takes a sip, Reeves sits there hitting in up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. You know, and it's, I get it. All right, let's talk about some bounce back, Reeve. Who you got this week? Uh, I don't really have anyone. I know, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I came in unprepared. I think Michael Thomas is a great bounce back. Uh, I think Delaney Walker, but everyone's talking about Delaney Walker. Obviously, Delaney Walker's in a good spot this week. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been good for the month. Who was the other guy that, that, I, that I sent, uh, Reeves? I actually would like to talk about Shady. Do you want to talk about Shady for a little bit? It was, it was LaShawn McCoy. Sure. Yes, sure. yes. Talk about Shady. Well, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I wanted to hear your take on Shady because I know we were, a lot of people are going to look at what Adrian Peterson in Tampa Bay and, and be real excited about you know LaShawn McCoy being at home. And I'm into LaShawn McCoy as well. Um, you know, Chris Rayburn, Rayburn has brought this up to you, but the, the scheme changes really hurt LaShawn McCoy. Uh, you know, him running from under center has just been a travesty this year. He's not getting – you look at last year, uh, almost 80% of his carries came from out of the gun, you know, pistol situations where he's averaging over five yards per carry. Now he's at 71 of 86 carries from under center. And on those carries, he's averaging 2.8 yards per carry. When he has gotten the shotgun carries, he's still getting 5.5 yards per carry. He's just, you know, kind of – you know, they've switched the scheme up there and it really hasn't benefited him. What saved LaShawn McCoy so far, he's got a career-high target share in the passing game right now. And it's, it's really given him a really safe floor. And we know he, has, he also hasn't scored a touchdown yet. We know he's eventually going to score a touchdown. So, I mean, you can chase that. Um, I, I, I'm real curious, though, for you to break it down. So I like him. I yeah. think he's a great, like, seasonal play. But I think that there's also – I also think Tampa Bay's defense isn't as bad as it was on Sunday. Um, I don't know what the hell that was about. Uh, just getting dominated by that, that Cardinals front. And I know that the Cardinals got lining back, but like, you're going to tell me like they got DJ Humphreys back and that was like a great significant like change it was, compared to the yeah. Arizona guys, maybe, but not to, like NFL stance. Like he, they were dominating Gerald McCoy. Like it was ugh, like, I don't know what the hell that was about. Reeves. Would you, hit me, hit me. <laughs> the, the, reason, the reason that the, is because freaking Adrian Peterson is really, really good. Yeah. That's, I'm telling you that is the reason. Is that a hot take? No, it's not a hot take. <laughs> we'll watch the friggin' game, dude. Adrian Peterson. Wait, wait, wait you all... watch the games? Yes, I. Oh, oh yes, God, yes. I didn't. I didn't know when we were talking about being prepared for the show. Right. That was something we had. To... Right. So, so here's the thing. All right, so in 2015, that I think that was the first year that I really started like hammering best ball leagues. Uh, I drafted a lot of eight, uh, Andre Johnson that year when he was with the Colts when he was playing with Andrew Luck. And I really thought that this was a revisit of that, okay? Because I I was hammering Adrian Peterson in in best ball leagues. Mm -hmm. And Reeves was too, I think. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I just thought it was a total repeat of this. And the the sample was so limited on Adrian Peterson with the Saints. And every time that he would be in the game, it's like a tell to the defense exactly what's going to happen. So he had really had no chance to succeed, even behind a great offensive line in a great offense. He had no chance to succeed. And now if they're going to, if they're going to saddle him up like that, he was making like, I would say he's like 85% of Adrian Peterson in his prime, which is 
that's a very, very good running back. I mean, he's making jump cuts in the hole. He's running over dudes in the open field. You know, he had uh, all that production. He This best run of the game was called back due to a penalty. Mm-hmm. He, he had a 30, like, two-yard run down the right sideline that was called back due to a penalty. And and, and he still finished with, with what he had. I mean, he, he, he can still play. I mean, maybe he'll get hurt. You know, he's old. He'll Maybe he'll slow down, but – he, he's he's real good. I mean, is that I mean is that line doing him any favors though, or is it just all AP? I I thought that he was awesome. I mean, <laughs> I thought he was awesome. You love AP so much. I wouldn't go that far. You, I you do. I, you, I, you, I, I had I had him in a bunch of season long leagues last year. Last week I didn't start him. Yeah, same. I thought he was a lost cause. I mean, I really did. All right. Well, I mean, there was there wasn't a lot of things that pointed. To there were zero happening. things. There were zero. But there's a lot pointing to Adrian Peterson this week. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I can. Is... What, what were we talking about? Well, I, who cares? Who cares? So, yeah. I mean, I I understand the the scheme narrative, but you know, over the course of time, I think that scheme narratives are usually under uh, way overrated. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, over the past two games, the, the Buccaneers have given up uh, 5.2 yards per carry to opposing running backs. Uh, LaShawn McCoy already leads the team in targets, and that should that target number should be enhanced by the losses of Jordan Matthews to thumb surgery, Charles Clay to a knee injury. Uh, LaShawn McCoy is a home favorite running back in a favorable matchup with huge workload potential. I think that he is playable in the same lineups as the Bills' defense. And he's also playable in the same lineups uh, with Tyrod Taylor because who the heck else is Tyrod Taylor going to throw to? You get the whole offense. (laughs) This dude has double-digit target potential and 25 to 30 carry potential. So, And he's under 8,000 on FanDuel. So I'm going to have – and he's facing a Bucs defense that has not been good against the run in two straight games. And is traveling from. They played in Arizona last week. Now they're going to the Ralph in Buffalo. There are a lot of, of strong. I, I for me, there are a lot of strong points here uh, for for Lashawn McCoy. Do we think EJ Gaines is going to play? He already called out Mike Evans. He has to play. <laughs> well, I see him listed as questionable right now. That's why I was asking. <laughs> Not like Listen, I, you can't run your mouth. About EJ Gaines. Are you worried no. about EJ Gaines? No, I'm worried. No, I'm talking about EJ Gaines because I was saying I might run it back on the other way with Mike Evans. In case it's I'm, like a high-scoring game? Yeah, in case it's a high-scoring game. That way I can have you – know, you can get Tyrod, Evans, and Shady McCoy and just kind of mix and match those. That's, that's, I was in, I mean, that's what I was checking out. There's a method to my madness. I mean, it's, it's no George Kittle love, but it's up there. All right, let's talk about some running backs that we like. We just got done talking about eight – we just got done talking about Shady McCoy – Rich, who are some of the other running backs you're looking at this week? I still want to talk about Peterson as it pertains to this week and not just talking about Austin. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. I mean, we can we can rehash what he did. I mean, he basically outproduced Arizona's entire rushing season to this point. I mean, he had four carries of 10 or more yards last week. They had two his running, Arizona running backs. They had four as a team and two were by wide receivers. So just two by backs before that. Um, like I said, I don't know if I want to go like so far to say like he's locked in, like you, he's back, like you have to play him. I mean, right. he runs into a phenomenal play again. I mean, he's going to get that type of value while the game script is still 
like neutral or favorable. I mean, they're playing a Rams team that's not going to run away from them on the scoreboard. And it's a Rams team that has just been uh, a sieve. They have a lot of top 12 scoring running back in every game, except for to the Colts and to the Seahawks, two teams that just can't run the football, you know, basically on anyone. Uh, they've, and it's not just they're allowing points in the passing. They're allowing 19.2 rushing points per game to opposing team, opposing backfields, uh, which is the most in the NFL. Uh, so, I mean, if the game strip's going to be there, you know, AP in London, man, you know, get him on the pitch. Uh, he's he's RB21 on, on FanDuel. Like, he's a perfect FanDuel play. Uh, you know, I think you can cash game play him at his price. 60, on yeah, really? 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 He's 6,300, 6, uh, you know, RB21. I mean, if he's going to, if you're telling me he's probably going to get, you know, what, 17 carries at least uh, in that game against the worst NFL, the, the worst run defense for fantasy. Um, and he, he had, and he had long runs last week. It wasn't like he just accumulated, he didn't just compile. Garbage. I'll tell you what, if you go watch his runs from last week, just watch all 26. If you watch his friggin' runs from last week, you'll want to play him on FanDuel. <laughs> well, I mean, I watched a, a good, healthy chunk of that game, and yeah, yeah. I remember—I distinctly remember the run you're talking about. I called back up the right sideline, mm-hmm. um, and obviously the touchdown. I would have put him was, at like 170. And the touchdown was just unreal. Uh, the, the, the jump cut he made in the touchdown was just was just unreal. Um, but I mean, I'm looking at the price, the matchup, and the value, and I mean, it's it's there for like a safe floor. Yeah. Well, and the upside's there too. I mean, and I love, by yeah. the way, I love, I'm going to use get him on the pitch all week. <laughs> That's a great one. All right, let's talk about some wideouts and some tight ends. Evan, we already talked about there are a lot of good tight end plays this week. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about them. We got Gronk, we got Ertz in a good spot, Delaney against Cleveland, any tight end against Cleveland. Uh, you know, Jimmy Graham at the Giants. Like, there are a lot of good tight ends this week, and they're all pretty reasonably priced. Yeah, and I also like uh, Hunter Henry. Uh, again, uh, he was he was my my go to tight end last week, and uh, I mean I, I still think I mean his price went down on Fanduel. It went from fifty four hundred to fifty two hundred, and he gets actually a better matchup this week against the Broncos. And his his lucid his usage right now I think is locked in. He's awesome at football. Um. I mean, I want I want to go right back to him. And you, you mentioned uh, Delaney, Gronk. Uh, these guys are awesome, awesome plays. You, yeah. you know, and, and I think that Hunter Henry is just like he sh- he should be a top seven or top six ranked tight end on the week, and he's fifty two hundred and on Fanduel. And I think that that's the dude I'm probably gonna probably gonna run with. I'm gonna ride with him. See, I'm a little sad that everybody's talking about Delaney Walker this week because I've been trying to make Delaney Walker happen for four weeks now, and it just hasn't. And now the one week that it is going to happen, everybody's going to be on him, and it's just going to – I'm going to feel a little jaded if I'm being honest. Hey, gonna, he's, he's fifth among all NFL tight ends in catches, but I don't think even think he is a red zone target on the year yet. Yeah, that's not cool, Delaney. He's never uh, been a high touchdown guy. True. Yeah. I hit like seven last year. That was big for him. He's got a rushing touchdown this year. I was going to say last week he had, oh. he had one he had one rush for negative three yards. <laughs> Thanks Titans. 
<laughs> dude, that's the, I mean, that's the, dude, it's NFL shovel pass, man. It's just like, it, it's the, it's the, it's not like, it's, it's not like the wildcat or like whatever, but this is like the, the, the play du jour this year. Like everyone is running this uh, tight end shovel pass or running back shovel pass, like a little zone. I like the teams that mix the zone read in. Panthers have run that shovel pass with the zone read mixed in. Like that's a tough play to defend, but everyone's running this play, man. Everyone's running it this year. And I feel like there's so many touchdowns scored off that this year. All right. So some other wide out, some wide wide receiver plays for your Reeves. Well, I mean, I'm looking at Jimmy Graham, like we talked about. I mean, I'm looking at his price, just $200 higher than Tyler Croft uh, this week, you know, and it sets up perfectly for him. I mean, you got the playing against, you know, uh, the Giants. I mean, with Dominic Rogers, Camardi come back. I mean, he's a guy that could give Doug Baldwin. And Doug Baldwin's been terrible for fantasy so far. He's had one good game. He's finished higher than wide receiver 39 in PPR just once so far all year. Just hasn't been there. The production hasn't been there. Uh, This is a game that sets up well for Graham. He's the last three weeks, he's been a tight end one every one of those weeks. We know the Giants have allowed a tight end to score in every single game this year. Uh, They face the most targets to tight ends. They allowed the most touchdowns. They have the second most receiving yards, the second most receptions per game to the position. Uh, I'm looking at his price. And then Seattle also, because they can't run, when they get in the red zone, they've just been throwing like crazy. They have the highest passing rate in the red zone in the NFL. So, I mean, everything bodes well for Jimmy Graham. They actually have given him some targets this year in the red zone. He had the fade route they caught against the Rams for the TD. Um, I'm looking at his price, though, and it's really hard for me not to push the button on Jimmy Graham this week. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on three, three good games in a row coming off the bye, you know, to get healthier. Best matchup possible. I mean, I'm just torn because I have George Kittle and Jimmy Graham in season long. No, you play Jimmy Graham. I'm going to play Jimmy Graham, but it hurts my heart not to be able to play George Kittle. Play him in the flex, bro. Flex. <laughs> yeah, well, I might do that, but that's where Jarek McKinnon plays. So I don't oh, think. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah. We'll be your guy then. Mm. go team Crane. all right we gotta get <laughs> off here guys it's been a lot of fun uh rich rebar it's been great as always evan silva now that you're a big celebrity i'm i'm just honored that you would still join us mr mr espn hey, mr. no I, I i i gave i gave this uh i gave the show a huge shout out man you know I, oh nice yeah, oh, I you didn't even listen you didn't even listen. i haven't listened yet no i, I just shouted don't. you out hard bro Really? Oh, yeah, I, gonna, yeah, oh, I bet I got like text messages from Schefter and every. Hold on, let me. <laughs> no there. All right, maybe later. It's been a lot of fun, though, guys. For Rich Rebar, for Evan Silva, uh, this has been Roto World's DFS Pick Six, sponsored by Roto Grinders. I'm Eric Crane. We'll see you guys later. Peace. <laughs>